0: This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This episode is brought to you by UpMyGame.com. Whatever your sports, start using the UpMyGame video analysis app to connect with top coaches around the world. How does it work? I can upload a video of myself doing push-ups, shall we say, to the UpMyGame app, and my coach, Chris from Push Fitness, will analyze it and give me feedback on my form. Because I may as well do it right. So download the app, upload a video of yourself doing any sport, tag The Food Podcast, and Up My Game will give you free feedback on the sport of your choice. Hi, I'm Lindsay Cameron Wilson, and this is The Food Podcast, where we meet people and uncover their odd jobs that make up a life in food. Today on the Food Podcast, we talk about sore feet, precision, and the importance of being helpful with home economist Faye Moore of the Great British Bake Off. House, house, oh, Way back when I wanted to be a museum curator. I studied history, I worked in an art gallery, I talked to people. I love talking to people. After university, I moved to France for a year to brush up on my French. But instead, I ate and I cooked and I shopped at the markets and I learned all about fresh ingredients. I met incredible people and we ate together. That year was a game changer for me. How could I spend the rest of my life in a quiet gallery? I had to switch to food. But I didn't want to work at night. Working in a bar did that to me. So I kind of ruled out being a chef right off the bat. So what else was there? not knowing where to start i went to cooking school then journalism school and of course this is not necessary it's just where i found myself stalling and slowly but surely i felt brave enough to tackle the random food jobs that started popping up so i wrote i reviewed restaurants i worked on a cooking show i was a location scout i researched i tested recipes i got coffee i worked in a cookbook store i tested recipes for a cookbook author I taught cooking classes, I worked as a food stylist, I wrote cookbooks, I catered a few parties, I taught a lonely woman how to make breakfast for her absent husband. (laughs) It's true. And now I host a cooking show and this podcast. There are many jobs in the world of food. As you can see, I've had most of them. And I rarely work at night. And speaking of fabulous but odd food jobs, today we're talking with UK food stylist and home economist... Fania Moore. Fania is currently a home economist on The Great British Bake Off. Season six has just begun on BBC One. Okay, The Great British Bake Off is a baking battle reality show where at-home bakers like you and me compete to be crowned the UK's best amateur baker. There are 10 episodes. Each episode is an hour long. It sounds so grueling. There are 12 competitors, and they're just regular British people who bake and compete in what looks like a wedding tent in the English countryside. They get eliminated one by one as their baking challenges become more difficult. You could say they slowly crack as their pavlovas fall apart. Oh, dear. Anyway, the show is huge. It has won multiple television awards. People all over the world are watching it and copying it. It's funny. It's honest. It's full of tension with an average of 6.5 million viewers per episode. All right, imagine the baking stations on the set. There are baby blue mixers, perfectly measured ingredients, glass jars filled to the top with flour and sugar. Contestants could be whisking shiny melted chocolate, their brows are furrowed. Someone is probably crying. Now, what I wanna know is what does it take to pull off a show like this from Fania's perspective? Fanya Moore, thank you. We're so happy to get the chance to talk to you. Now, what is your title on the show, Fanya?
1: So my title is Home Economist.
0: And what exactly do you do then on the show?
1: So my role on The Bake Off is I am head of the food team, so We are a team of about three people and we are very much behind the scenes. So never on camera. And if we are, we are told to get out of the way very (laughs) politely, very quickly. Um, So I would um, source all the baker's ingredients and sometimes very easy, i.e. flour. And sometimes, you know, it's some really weird dehydrated something or other that you have to kind of look for online and might take a, a week or so to to be delivered so you know, you've you got to be pretty organized and also um I'm in charge of all the equipment so as you say there's you know each each unit each baker has a unit and they all it, it's all completely identical because obviously it's a competition so everything has to be really fair
0: mm-hmm. so
1: everyone has you know equal chance um and it's also I'm also on set when you know, in, in the, the wedding tent, as you call it, when um, when we're filming. So if the bakers have a problem, because I mean, the thing is you can't, because it's a competition, you can't help them with their kind of um, skill set, if you will, but you can definitely help them if, you know, they can't work a food processor or they've forgotten how the oven works or, you know, they've dropped all their eggs on the floor and they need more eggs or something. So all the time... You're basically, we're all there to support them, so they can make something amazing, you know, that will take our breath away. Um, Yeah, so you're basically there to facilitate uh, their creations, really.
0: Let's just go back just for a second to the word home economist, because the set itself is so fifties. There's Kath Kidston bunting, the colors, the, the, just the vibe of the wedding tent. Home Economist does bring to mind, you know, middle school, high school, teacher, um, measuring perfectly. You know, is that do you think that name still suits?
1: No, it's really weird because it's it's quite difficult to explain because, as you say, it's really, really dated. And I have met people, you know, who maybe are in their 50s and 60s. And they back in the day did train as a home economist. And that was pe- people who you know then would have gone on to to maybe write recipes for I don't know like Woman and Home or something you know like quite old old school magazines and things. But in terms of now, I really I don't think it's it's kind of more confusing than explanatory. But then at the same time, when you work on a television program like that, it is more than being a food stylist Absolutely. because you know, food styling is is very specific to. Um, photographs and this is this is a lot more it's it's a lot more you're kind of running things rather than arranging if that makes sense
0: food producer let's call you
1: yeah i mean i think i think you guys would call it but then you see that's different because on the show we also have a food producer and she would do a very different job to me so yeah. i think we clearly need to come up with a new title than home economist also it's not very trendy let's face it
0: yeah <laughs> I think you pull it off, but... Okay, thanks. (laughs) So how did you find this career?
1: Um, So uh, I, when I left university, I have a degree in philosophy and history of art, so I didn't want to pursue that at the time. And so I got into cooking and then um, I worked in some catering companies and then I ran a little bistro. And then I was a bit bored because it was kind of the same thing every morning. I used to have to make these muffins. I just used to really <laughs> dread it towards the end. I was really bored. And um, so I was talking to somebody and saying, you know, I really love cooking, but I was kind of really bored with what I was doing. And they said, oh, um, I know somebody who's a food stylist. And I'd never heard of that before. And I thought, oh, that sounds pretty cool. So, um, I, I mean, less than an apprenticeship, I suppose. But I, I got in touch with this amazing food stylist called Jane Southering, who's based in London. She's really experienced, and I was her assistant for a while. And then, kind of through word of mouth, I got a job on a television program called The Great British Menu. And um, yeah, and then I, and I was filling in for somebody who was on holidays. But it turned out I got a permanent position, and I ended up working on that show for three years which I thought was a long time. However, fast forwarding, <laughs> I've now worked on Bake Off for six years, unbelievably. So that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I think so. You've climbed the uh, the home economist ladder, Fania. Uh,
1: yeah, amazing. And it's total, it's really timing. Timing is a lot to do with everything, I think.
0: And obviously organization.
1: Yes. I mean, I'm definitely, I have got a lot better. I used to wing it a lot, <laughs> but I've just decided it's actually too stressful. So I'm trying to be more organized. As I can. <laughs> but there, are, there are still moments. <laughs> uh,
0: your sister is a chef and a cooking instructor and your brother-in-law is. And I know at your family home in Ireland, there's a great big dining room and many dinner parties, many dinner parties take place there. Do you think that there is a hospitality gene running through the Moor's blood?
1: Yeah, I mean, f- Mum and dad, you know, we were trained pretty well when we were little and mum and dad used to have amazing dinner parties and I suppose you know when you're used to being in a kind of environment that you then try and recreate it and also it depends on your personality you know it is a really nice if you enjoy it it is a really nice thing to cook delicious food and sit down and have a good old chat and drink some delicious wine and have fun um yeah I mean I would I would always have chosen um you know a dinner party over going clubbing which yeah. makes me sound really exciting but there you go um <laughs> you know um I, I, yeah, I think it's personality I also think you know it's probably the environment which you're brought up in and things like that as well yeah now
0: so taking care of people and feeding them does that does that help in your job
1: yeah I mean it's pretty funny because um so the crew on the baker was quite a lot of people. I think collectively we're about 45 people, which is quite a lot of people. And, um, you know, some of the, some of the working hours are really, really long. You know, Mm. they can be like 15, 16 hour days. So um, we do um, the, the food team and I, we do something called crew love. And that's basically making something really delicious. Usually something that does not involve any sugar maybe pizza or spanakopita <laughs> pie or something cuz cuz there's so much sugar going on if people see something savory they actually get visibly excited <laughs> 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 like melted cheese you know
0: <laughs> yeah uh, there's a lot of sugar high carb high carb action around you all the time
1: oh uh, yeah yeah and i mean i just do not eat any i do not eat any of it i have this i just have a thing now that, that program i just can't eat anything sugary i'm i'm kind of my my friend Chloe, who's the food producer, she calls it aversion therapy. So, like, none of us can touch any baked goods anymore.
0: What about season one, two, and three?
1: Um, maybe a little bit, but now it's just a no. <laughs> yeah. It's a no, no, no. Well, apart from bread, though, because bread is delicious, so I couldn't cut that out. Though.
0: Yeah. And one of the hosts is uh, Paul Hollywood, of course, a celebrated baker. Bread baker, especially, I understand.
1: Yeah, yeah he's really very talented
0: and now are is, does he does he have the odd bit of bread from time to time what about yeah sweets? I mean
1: yeah it also by the way Paul is partial to at McDonald's from time to time <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes I mean and obviously that you know they're tasting food all day and Mary's hilarious she has basil and tomato soup for lunch every day
0: <laughs> yeah there's something very strict and rigid about a baker and she, with her piercing blue eyes and that white blonde hair that's the same all the time. She's so put together. It goes with bakers.
1: Well, it does. um, I mean, we've had some pretty messy bakers on Bake Off actually. And then, so I think, I mean, I would say like a baker like Mary, I would say yes, because she is seriously precise. I mean, put it this way, before I started working on Bake Off, I did not cook. I did not bake with measuring spoons, <laughs> which horrified Mary. Actually, visibly horrified her. Um, I just used to kind of get a teaspoon and say, "Oh, it's a teaspoon. Heat whatever. Just chuck it in." And now it's like leveling it off with a knife. You know, <laughs> um, I basically turned into such a nerd. Um, and yeah, I think I think you know some of the bakers. Oh, they're so, and. Um, we have, we and and the runners of so the food team, we have to clear down all the units after they do each challenge. And some of them, I mean, it is like a bomb site. It's unbelievable. But then you kind of have this creation. But yeah, some of them are pretty messy.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure the stress level leads to a little bit of mess. Um, do, do you have to put out a lot of stress fires, like crying contestants, or you know, I know yeah. you can't help them, but you must kind of.
1: Yeah, there was there was one person shall go unnamed, but there was in one a couple of series ago, somebody told somebody like one of the cameramen or something on the floor, they're like, This is the wrong flower, this is the wrong flower. Like my whatever, my sponge isn't rising. And I on comms he was like, Fanya, Fania, can you come on set please? And I was like, Hello and the guy was like and he, actually, I have to say, he did swear at me, which did not go down well. <laughs> at all. And he was like, "This is the wrong bleeping flower." I told, and I was like, "Um, no, it's not. This is the one you requested." And I luckily had the ingredients list and everything. And I turned around very calmly. And I said, "I would advise you to calm down and just fill the time that you have left, and you know, just try and just try and chill out, basically." Because the poor guy, he got he got himself into such a tiz. Yeah.
0: And people, people like to blame. Say. People like to blame when they're in a tiz.
1: Oh, such blamers! Yeah. I cannot stand blamers. Like you know. they really, especially when I'm the. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I won't go on about that. But yes, <laughs> blamers. Blamers <laughs> are really annoying. So
0: you have to have you have to have your. I was going to. Yeah, I was going to say a bad word. You've got to be organized. You have got to be totally together. So you're on your. You can't yeah, be blamed.
1: Have to have together, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, because actually, it's almost. Um, yeah you've got to have you've got to have your your kind of evidence for the court of law you know when something Mm. is because then you I know unfortunately that's what happens and also because the kind of bigger the show gets you know there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of pressure and you have to be really on it seriously on it so yeah but I mean it's good because it's you know it's I was going to say, it encouraged me. It's probably forced me to be more organised, which is not a bad thing in life. Really. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, Mary Berry says in I think one of the promos on BBC, bake yourself happy. Is um, yeah. <laughs> it's not always happy, is it?
1: No, I mean some of them. It's there's. I'll tell you what is really difficult to watch. Like be it, I, probably more so when you're actually there. Because obviously, you know, you're watching it, and it's not all edited down, which is on the shows. But it is seeing people's kind of when people start losing faith in themselves, that is actually a really horrible thing to witness. Because it is, you know, psychologically, they are what they are producing is an indication of how you know how they are feeling, the, how their self esteem is, and also some people they just completely give up and a lot of the a lot of the bakes they create they sketch beforehand um, so you can actually see what the the finished product is supposed to, in their mind what it's you know should look like and when when they kind of lose faith in themselves and they just give up it's really sad and you know and you really go so you know you can really do this you know you're brilliant and you've got this far but sometimes you know like a lot of things in life you you well you've got to You've got to believe in yourself because, mm-hmm. and it's quite you know that is sad. It's not a nice thing to see it, but also that is what we all do as the crew. You know, we really try to, uh, yeah, to to make sure everyone's okay and t- to make sure that doesn't happen. But sometimes it's obviously out of your control. You know, you you can't do anything about it.
0: Yeah, there's a huge element of kindness, and I'm sure that they they rely and and you, we'd come quite close quickly because. Once someone shows a little vulnerability, there's no going back.
1: Yeah, it is. But I mean, the the good thing is that I I don't think Mary and Paul would see that because I think you know they they need to be completely impartial. Yeah. So they they really apart from on camera, they really don't have any interaction with the Bakers, and I think that's a, a really good thing. I agree. Because it would be too complex otherwise. Yeah.
0: Now, I normally can't watch cringe TV where people are eliminated. I I, I just, like, my hands are covering my face. I can't stand it. But for some reason, I can watch the show. Why do you think that is? Uh,
1: I think you're not the first person to have said that. I think because... Okay, I think there's a couple of things. I think because, A, you know, I think it's quite light. I think Mel and Sue...
0: The presenters, yeah, they're so funny. The presenters,
1: yeah. So they are... Well... They're presenters slash comedians, I suppose, but they are—they have such—they've got such a great sense of humor, and they really, you know, they keep it light. So there's an element of not taking yourself too seriously, because it is essentially people baking stuff, but at the same time, you know, you have to. Um, you have to recognize the fact that these people are working their backsides off, you know, to, to really create something amazing. So you, you know, you can't belittle it either, but so they, they kind of create a nice balance and also they're really hilarious with Mary and Paul. Um, And then another thing is that I don't think, I don't think it's too cringy because, you know, nobody's going out to humiliate or make anybody feel bad. I mean, yeah. You know, if somebody hasn't done particularly well, you have to tell them they haven't done well because, you know, how else will they know? But I don't think it's ever done in a mean way. Right. So I think that's probably why.
0: It is a competition.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, and, you know, someone's <laughs> got to win, someone's got to go home. Yeah. And it's, um yeah, and it's sad sometimes when people go home.
0: What happens to you when they go home, you know, between the filming? What, what do you um, do?
1: So I have some office prep days, So basically, generally, so uh, for the main show, we film, I think it's for 10 weeks of filming. And so about four four days a week, I'm working. And then I've actually got a lot better because before I used to just completely collapse because I would be so exhausted. But now I tend to kind of just keep going. I've I've discovered it's better to keep going rather than stop. Like Mm -hmm. slow down and keep going, but don't completely stop because it's just... Quite difficult to get going again actually <laughs>
0: no when it all wraps up are you looking for other jobs are you um
1: yes yeah, sometimes there? I mean now um, we start filming junior Bake off on Monday
0: oh my gosh
1: which is exciting and then and I just finished cooking I was doing a private um, catering thing for a birthday party for the weekend in in England so I've just finished that I am actually pretty tired after that <laughs> yeah um, Yeah, so but then I mean, of course, like as a freelance, there are definitely there are times of quietness, but I actually quite like them.
0: Like you can, you're at a point now where you know there will be work. Well, it's not so scary.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, you never know for sure, but also you can't, you just can't worry all the time because it's just exhausting. Actually, as you know, um, and you you just kind of have faith that you're going to be resourceful and something will happen. I just remember
0: when I was uh, living in London, working as a food stylist and home economist and all sorts of other random jobs, Um I, I I was too... I was probably not brave enough to to go freelance. I always had a, a little part-time gig because it's scary. In the days that I was working as a home economist, I think I was just, like, pulling a wheelie suitcase through <laughs> the hot buses of London, hoping yeah. to find the random studio where there was a grumpy photographer often listening to dance music, you <laughs> know?
1: Yeah, really, I'm just going to be locked up in the studio with this man I have never met before. Yeah,
0: rolling cranberries around for waitrose. So it's, it, weird. It, it's not always sexy, but it, the jobs, the good ones, obviously do come.
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, speaking of which, I did a, which sounds really glamorous, I did a job for um, uh, Italian Vogue, I think it was, like years ago. And it was. The, the You know, the the buzzword was decadence and it was all these amazing, it was in this kind of abandoned Victorian house in London and they had all these like willowy beautiful models and I had to do like a Christmas turkey thing. And obviously, you know, the turkey, you kind of have to cook it in a certain way so it stays... You know, it doesn't go all gross looking. And basically, at the end of the shoot, I remember I was trying to put this like massive turkey in a bin liner and like I dropped it on the floor (laughs) or something. And I was covered in like turkey grossness. And then this gorgeous model walked past me. And uh, anyway, it was just so embarrassing. And I felt like so gross and uh, unglamorous. And yeah, it was a total cringe moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely a staff element when you're in the food world.
1: Yeah, always yeah. staff for sure, and also there's just food equals mess, really, doesn't it? It I does mean, at some point, and it also involves aroma. <sighs> oh yeah, gosh! So as I said, I've just come back from this cooking job, and so for instance, the first night for dinner, so there was we we had steak. Second night was curry. Third night was fish pie, and at the end of each night, I just took off all my clothes, put them into piles. And when I came to where I am now, I just took out everything straight into the washing machine, and I just had like three days. Of-
0: <laughs> so vile. Steak, curry, fish by combo together. Hodgepodge.
1: I-, I cannot get them into the washing machine <laughs> fast enough.
0: So, do you have some advice to someone who is looking to become? our new word for home economist, let's say, uh, we'll think of something. But do you have any advice for this person looking for this elusive career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think in also looking for anything in life, just definitely talk to people. And it doesn't matter if you feel like you're being boring or talking about yourself. I mean, as long as you don't go on about it for hours. But I mean, I just think, just because, you know, if I hadn't have had that conversation with the person at that dinner party, if I hadn't have said, oh, I'm just really bored... They wouldn't have said, oh, food stylist, you know, and then it wouldn't have happened. I just think talk to people because somebody will always know somebody. It's a bit like, you know, somebody told me the other day about uh, once you buy a red car, then you see like 20 red cars a day <laughs> kind of thing. And um, and then also um, there is, you know, there can be, there's agencies sometimes that is a, is a good idea to get involved with. You, know, you don't you do have to work for them solely, but sometimes they'll put you in touch with uh, with you know people that you wouldn't already know and i think also just be just be really helpful because people like helpful people and just do a really good job because you know generally you're always rewarded if you do a good job i think
0: mm, amen sister
1: yeah yeah and also you know if you do it if you like it that also helps obviously a lot if you get enjoyment from it it's it's probably you know, huge l- difference. difference. Huge, yeah, huge difference. Huge right. difference. Yeah.
0: Now, I'm not sure if this is um, not allowed to be discussed, yeah. but I understand that you are um, pursuing some studies on the side.
1: Yes, it's true. So, actually, my course starts in September. So... Um, I really I want to become a psychotherapist.
0: Now I I think this is ther- fascinating. This is fascinating because you are a psychotherapist on the set of the Bake Off, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty interesting. It is definitely I mean, but working in television, you do come across a lot of you know it's so character based anyway. So, and some people are just fascinating. Some people are really boring but yeah. some people are also really fascinating and some people are just quite normal but also hilarious you know whatever there's just like a zillion
0: um you're meeting everyone and you just have to be brave enough i suppose to to ask them questions
1: yeah well but also i mean i you know i would um, but in terms of yeah but i mean appropri- appropriate yeah if it's helpful i suppose yeah but um but yeah basically I really love my job like I really dearly love it but I just don't think it has longevity for the body yeah I'm just thinking it is hard work and so and I'm not, there's nothing wrong with hard work but it is I'm kind of I'm trying to project into the future so I'm going to try and use my brain cells a bit more
0: wise woman because I have seen some pretty serious varicose veins on chefs yeah. hate to say it
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, because again, referring back to this cooking job I did, which was really enjoyable, lovely people, but I mean, when, I mean, my feet were, I, my feet were so, <laughs> <laughs> I can barely describe. I was like hobbling, <laughs> hobbling to bed off? For, like an 18 hour day, I, you know, could barely walk down the stairs, so I was just, oh. but I mean, this, but what I'm, the, the training to do this is going to take a lot, you know, I'm not yeah. going to be doing it until I'm 40, so it's going to, going to take a while.
0: And how old are you now, Fania? Can you disclose? I'm
1: 33. 33.
0: Okay. You have yeah. a few more British Bake Off seasons in you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we always joke, you know, is it going to be like series 23 and I'm like <laughs> still there weighing out flour? Oh my
0: god. Don't worry, dearie, it's going to be okay.
1: Seen five million of these, you know, <laughs> and sponge the sponges sink in the oven. Um, and yeah, so I think I think that would be, and also it's just, it's nice to have a new interest. Yeah, I'm quite excited about it.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Well, I mean, it's a very early days, so I haven't even started it yet. But it, so we did actually discuss the Home Economist title and we were thinking of something like, um, I mean, even like a consultant, I think is a good one, like a cooking consultant. It kind of makes more sense because you're, you are in a sense, consulting. You know, because it's using your experience to kind of, to set out, you know, fra- frames for, e- are they time frames or idea frames or whatever? Mm. So,
0: Parachuting uh, into situations too,
1: yes. like consultants
0: yeah. do, and fixing yeah. the problem and seeing it clearly.
1: Yeah, I think consultant is a lot more, mm. isn't it a lot more kind of explanatory?
0: I agree. I would throw in some sort of therapist in there, um, calming fe- <laughs> Uh, Mm -hmm. consultant, therapist, calming presence, organized, um, yeah, comforting face, (laughs) Uh, interesting.
1: A long business card already. Yeah.
0: It it, it is difficult when you're a freelancer to, to, to make a nice, concise business card though. That's one of the challenges.
1: I have to say, I just put food stylist on it because even if you're cooking, that looks pretty impressive. I agree. And if you're, you're, you know, people generally get it because, I mean, I think most people do, I don't know, like you do have, a lot of people either do homemaking, i.e. TV, or food styling, i.e. photos, but yeah. I kind of like to mix it up a bit because I, I really enjoy doing both.
0: Fanny Moore, thank you so much.
1: You're so welcome. Lovely to talk to you, Lindsay. Yeah, and
0: good luck in the rest of The Great British Bake
1: Off. Thanks. Yeah. So can you can you guys watch it over there? We can get it online. Okay, well, enjoy. Yeah. This is a really good series, and I'm not just saying that. It is, it's really good. And it was, put it this way I never, I never cry. You know, <sighs> at the end, I cried. I cried. Johnny, a, f- a guy from work, my friend, he's the assistant food producer, he turned around. He lifted up my sunglasses. He's like, Fania, you're crying. <laughs> What's going on?
0: That's it's good kidding. television. That is very good television.
1: And you know what? I will cry again, I'm sure, when I watch it in however many weeks' time, even (laughs) though I've actually seen it already. Anyway, there you go.
0: Don't tell us anything else. We might figure it all out.
1: Okay, enjoy. And thank you very much, Lindsay.
0: Thanks, Fania. Take care.
1: Lots of love. Bye. You too. Bye-bye.
0: So that's our show. Thanks to Fania Moore food stylist, home economist, food consultant, who really nailed it when she said, just be helpful in any job that you do. Thanks to my very favorite, Jen Grant, for graciously sharing her music with us for our theme song. You can check her out at jengrant.com, J-E-N-N, G-R-A-N-T. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter, at foodpodcasts like us on our The Food Podcast Facebook page, and please send feedback and any show suggestions you have to thefoodpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Lindsay Cameron Wilson.